Well, hello, and welcome to another episode of Say Something Interesting, the follow-up podcast from East Lake Tri-Cities. Uh, my name is Brent, and with me, I was going to say, as always, it's not. It's totally different. <laughs> not as always. Margot is usually with me. She's on the road right now on her way to Pittsburgh. Uh, last I checked, they were in Denver uh, eating good poke. Uh, I learned how to pronounce that correctly. Uh, with me today is our special guest, Elise Jackson is here, everybody. Say hi, Elise. Hi, Brent. Hi, everybody. Yeah, don't say hi to me. I'm right here. <laughs> uh, you've been on the podcast before. I have. Uh, but uh, this is kind of, we're entering into new territory, unknown territory for us with losing a consistent host and then having you kind of fill in. We are going to have, uh, Megan is going to be our, our long-term host, but she couldn't do it. On the first week on the job, she takes a vacation, guys. <laughs> I am I don't happy know how to, feel to be about here, that. and I'm really about excited about I'm Megan happy you're too. Here too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I think you'll uh, Megan's uh, schedule. Obviously, she's completely volunteer, um, so a little bit more flexibility. And I don't really have any sort of you know say. And when she goes, I can't make it this week. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, that's fine. We'll figure it out. So you'll probably hear uh, Elise's voice uh, quite quite often. And I I do I love it. Uh, Elise has been kind of a uh, a voice. Uh, for us and, and me in our we uh, we are in a long term group together, um, so she's been helping out with big time some discussion on that, and then I don't know just over the last couple years just thoughts on the series and Sundays and everything else. Anytime that she says something or emails something or texts something, uh, those ones carry a little bit more weight than the average person. So you, you got that going for you. I'm not afraid to ask weird questions. Yeah, <laughs> I will say no, that. and good. And uh, the reason one of the reasons I, I huge love it is uh, that you have not did not grow up in a Christian home like we. We have led very different lives up to this point in terms of um, your family uh, is involved in the wine industry here in the Tri-Cities, and you you did not grow up, the church wasn't really a thing. It was kind of a Christmas and Easter thing, is that right? Or no? No, Not even that. Not even that. Okay, because they come to East Lake now on Christmas and Easter every once in a while. They do, and they, we invite them. Out of obligation to you. Well... (laughs) And I wouldn't even say obligation. They always seem to get really excited when we invite them. We yeah. probably should invite them more, yeah. to be honest. Um, but they do. They really they enjoy this church. They always have. Wow, that was really cool. I, I got to drink coffee in my seat. You know, uh, um, yeah. they. My dad loves that you always bring in history of things and and how important that that ties into to what we're talking about in the Bible. So cool. Yeah, uh, she's married to a guy named Matt. Uh, awesome, awesome guy. Even though he is a Cincinnati Bengals fan uh, from Cincinnati, so that makes sense. And they just barely squeaked out a win. I actually texted him yesterday and said, "Congratulations on not throwing the game away after four interceptions." Um, uh, they got four interceptions, but uh, anyways. Uh, and then two beautiful girls. Yes. Uh, tell us about your family, real quick. Yes. Yeah, so my wonderful husband Matt, who I just adore. He, you might see him around service. So Margot had a Matt. There's another. Matt. I know. Yeah, the connection there. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then we just my... gotta find Megan and Matt now. There that's, you go. That's... <laughs> it's it's in the water, Megan. It shouldn't if you're be listening. too. It shouldn't be too hard. Yeah. Um. There's a lot of mats out. <laughs> a lot there. of mats out there. <laughs> um. And then I have my eldest daughter is Georgia, and she uh, loves everyone. So she might just come up to you after service and hold your hand and think yeah. that she belongs to you. <laughs> totally. She gave me a hug last week. Did you? Did... Yes. It, that was a good hug. Oh my too. gosh. She got a running start. I thought maybe she thought I was somebody else. No. I was she like, knew. Do you me. know it's me? <laughs> She held. She held you. Yeah, she did. She did good. <laughs> and then um, Colette, who is following her sister's footsteps and just smiles at everybody and and batting her eyes. So Colette will be nine months. Um, she and Clive are hanging out with Kylie right now. And, yeah, yeah. They're having a little play date downstairs, which is awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's so great. Are you excited for Halloween? Are the girls dressing up for that? We are. We're going to do a little family costume. We're going to come out to the uptown. That's our plan. As long as we're not napping. Um, and we're going to be Wizard of Oz. So George is the lion. Um, Colette will be our Dorothy. Can I guess Matt? I want to guess Matt. You can. I'm going to guess the Tin Man and just a bunch of aluminum foil. That's him. Yes. That's him. I I just, I got to go find him a funnel. So if anybody has eyes on a funnel, (laughs) (laughs) a big funnel. (laughs) 
Uh, that's awesome. So great. Uh, and I, I missed yours. What are you? And I'll be the straw, the scarecrow. Okay, good. Good. Yeah, we, uh, we, we will be opening our doors here at the Uptown. So uh, this is usually at the end of the podcast, but uh, it just seems like a good time to talk about it now. Mm-hmm. Three to five. I mistakenly said four to six at some point, and I think it was on this podcast because um, I did not have my times correct. So don't show up at six because doors will be closed and the candle will be gone. But if you're here from three to five, uh, we would love to have you be a part of it. So I know it's a half day for Pasco schools, and I think Hanawick, I think Richland goes all day. But anyways. They get a half day on Halloween? Day. Yeah, that's how timing is that? That's awesome. Yeah, it's every Wednesday, so it works out. But uh, yeah, swing on by. Not just our business, like a little every business. And I, I didn't know it was a big deal until we like moved in here. And then we did not buy enough candy. And we still, every year, we have not bought enough candy. Oh. Every single year, it's like crud. There's an hour left. We got to run to Winco. Are and you feeling better about up. this year? I haven't even bought it yet. Oh, okay. So today is the day. Costco is the is the destination. And uh, how do you feel? Okay, real quick question. This is like totally off topic. I know that there are kids who can't do the peanut thing. Right. And every year that I buy candy, I get pressure to like not offer the peanut thing. And I tell it usually by my wife or somebody who's volunteering here or whatever, like we can't do this guys. And I'm like, I don't know. I feel like I'm robbing from the opportunity from the peanut okay people. And the peanut like dangerous people, like they know it. They're like, hey, I can't have a Snickers. I'll figure something. I mean, I always have other things like three to one probably of the other things. So can I not actually offer at all any peanuts? That is so hard for me because all the best candy has peanuts in it. That's true. It's so true. Yeah. um, Snickers. Yeah, that's hard. There's only so much Starburst I can give away. Right. Right. I, I... I think you're right that the kids do you need who to do know... like separate tables. I mean, I don't know. I don't want to like send a kid to a hospital, like for sure. Like I'm, I want to be concerned about that, but I also, I also don't want to. I don't want to live in a world so with hard. a Snickerless Halloween or a Butterfingerless Halloween. I don't either. Yeah, I think you're right. I think the kids who know know, and they want to. I, if I was one, I can't even say that. But I, you know, you want to be included, and so if you get put to the table on the side, that seems weird too. Yeah, so, like here's your table over here. It's in the back. <laughs> so maybe you got to wash your hands after you take this one. Yeah, that's that's gonna be over there. The bigger They're question that I have is, to... is Matt going to take candy tonight when he walks through with the kids? Oh, you better believe it. <laughs> sure you better he believe is. it. He's going to have a bigger he'll bag find than your the girls. <laughs> <laughs> or he'll just peek through, go through theirs. They're too young. They don't know <laughs> yeah. yet. Uh, my daughter's going to be a horse. She, uh, oh, awesome. Jovi. Jovi? Yep. Uh, third year in a row. Are her and Grayson going to be a horse together? Nope. Oh, okay. That would be awesome too. That but would no, be awesome. no. Uh, Grayson is an astronaut. He has, he bought an astronaut outfit or we found one for him. Like, I don't know. I think it was last year. I think he's, I think this is only year two of the astronaut. For sure it's year three of the horse and she still has room to grow in the horse. So there's definitely going to be year four and she loves it. So, okay. I was going to say she wants to be the horse. She wants to be the horse. Okay. Uh, and then London is, uh, going to be Project MC Squared as a TV show. Have you heard that? I think it's on Netflix-ish something? Yes, yes. I've okay. seen it. I've uh, seen the Like a science thing, and mm-hmm. there's like different girls. It's like a Disney Junior-esque type show. She's cool. going to be one of the girls. And then she's got two friends, Ellie and Addie, who are going to be the other girls. Oh, and so they're going to have the whole, the whole dang girl squad out there just ripping candy from boys. That's so, awesome. Yeah, Is Clivey dressing up as anybody? Oh, yeah. That's a good question. Probably. Um but the outfit will not stay on him long. He'll poop through or just rip it off or <laughs> oh, no. I don't know. It's it's so hard at that age. You know what I mean? Yes. So we'll see. Yeah, I'm just doing it because I did it with Georgia. So I feel like if I don't. I know. It's good for the pictures, right? We did carve yeah. pumpkins last night too. We got all the stuff done. Like, 
you know, I don't know. The picture, everything's, we're good to go, which is... Perfect. Yeah, it's good. It'll be great. We're excited for it. We have a good neighborhood to do it in, too. The things that we have to do now that we are documenting everything. I did not realize. I always imagined as a kid, man, someday I'll, I can't wait to grow up and cut carved pumpkins, like, to handle the knife, right? Uh Because that was the thing, like, you couldn't... Right. You you couldn't couldn't cut the top off, or you had to use the one that really didn't work. You got to scoop out the brains of this thing right. but you didn't get the cool knife job and now that you're a parent and have the knife job you're like i just i don't want to i don't want to do this anymore <laughs> <laughs> especially three kids right it was like you a get ready you get four two hour soon. project man <laughs> got done with one one was fun two was like oh this is work three was like i don't even can i cut out a circle did you what have you any you cut it wrong dad we have to start over no that's no good. that's that would have been tough because no yeah I, I didn't do that i took uh yeah, very very careful on all those things. Or it was like, I'm not going to tell you what it was supposed to look like. Oh, gotcha. Use your imagination. <laughs> this is this is what you get. Can you see? This is I, got, I made you a big giant moon. Isn't that amazing? <laughs> like a werewolf thing. It's totally on. Theme. Oh, totally, totally on point. That's great. Uh, so you have been a part. Have you uh, been to all three parts of this uh, series? Or is it, I can't remember. I know you were last week because I know Georgia came up and gave me a hug. But week I, one, week two, week three? Yes, okay. we were. Great. Yes, we were. Cool. Um, I really so, liked this series. Yeah? Good. Yeah, me too. I did. I did too. I think especially as somebody who um, I didn't come from Sunday school. I didn't come to Jesus through the Bible. I came to Jesus through my own experiences and people who introduced him to me. Um having the discussion of that it is Jesus who is irresistible. It is his teaching that is irresistible. And the Bible itself is very, very important. But for, I think you said 400 years, there was no Bible. Yeah. There was just the teaching. Um, I That really resonates with me. And is Refresh really my memory. Important. Was it Young Life? What was the pathway for you? So I... Let's see. I My mom grew up in a church. Her father was a Freemason, so she was part of the Rainbow Girls. And with that, that was a, a group for young women in learning charity, um, service projects, leadership. I was just looking that up. Um, and she was. it was really important for her. But when she and my dad formed a family, just church didn't come with them. That wasn't part of They were starting a business and raising a family and doing um, all kinds of things. And so I didn't, I didn't have the church part of um, my upbringing, but we always, like when we would travel, we would go to churches. We were into art and knowing history and and those sorts of things. And so I think I've always, I hate it when people say this, but like been a spiritual person in the sense that I know, I believe that there was something bigger, that it wasn't just about me, that it wasn't a free for all, um, but I just never had words for it. And I was a middle schooler and teenager and frankly didn't care. Busy, right? Yeah, a lot yep. going on. And then I went to college and it all just, it all just blew up for me and I needed, I needed something. And so I actually was fortunate. I got to go on a semester at sea. And so what that was, we circumnavigated the globe while going to school on a boat or on a ship, and we stopped at different countries. And so I got to see Hinduism firsthand. I got to see Buddhism firsthand. Um, and I studied in the sense of just kind of learning the the gist of things um, and really started to, he- to hear it. And that's when Jesus, he, it became, like it all made sense, all of it made sense, but Jesus was going to be the outlet for my faith. Yeah, if that made sense, that we were all looking for something. We were, yeah. um, everyone in the world is, and and I just happened to be from America, and that was the predominant. So I started studying. Why do so many people love this guy, claim this guy, 
you know, kill for this guy in crusades and whatnot. Right. Um, and it was through that that I came home from college and Rich Ward, who was our Young Life director, um, then he needed a donation for something. So he reached out to the winery and I met up with him and he asked me if I wanted to be part of Young Life. And he's like, I don't even know if you're a Christian. And I was like, well, I definitely am not. <laughs> so so I, th- I think he kind of got in trouble for that. But because of his following, you know, maybe it was God saying, hey, go talk to Elise. Or maybe it was his instinct. I don't know what it was, but it was somebody. I think who, Rich liked wine. I think that was what. It, and then very, very, <laughs> very possibly that. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe that was all it. Right. But I just, because of, you know, a Christian being willing to talk to somebody who didn't claim the faith and really wanting to include me because he saw me as a leader for women is really what he told me. He said, you would be a good leader for our young women that are coming through Young Life. Um, but I can't, like, you can't be a leader. We're going to call you a helper. And so I showed up. I showed up for about... And you weren't married at the time. Nope. Yeah. Nope. Wasn't married, no kids. And I I showed up for about three quarters of this season. And I, I, I didn't see it then because I didn't really understand toxic Christians. I didn't understand any of it. Like, I didn't... I don't have that, which is good. But I think that there were leaders who didn't want me there. They were like, mm-hmm. who is she? Why is she here? Like, she's not a high schooler. Um, and I see it now... But I'm just so thankful. I bring it up because it's an important part of my story that, like, I wouldn't be a Christian if if I didn't have these people, Rich and Amy, who were willing to include me in something and say, come on, come learn, come be part of this. Sure. Um, and so then I took probably a year or two off, and it was in those two years that really I felt the Lord kind of calling me. And um, I reached out to Amy and was like, hey, I'd like to be baptized, and I'd like to do more of this stuff. Can I come be a part of it? And they said, absolutely. And yeah. Here I am today. Yeah, crazy. So. Mm-hmm. so when we when you hear like yesterday, we did part three of our irresistible series, concluded concluded the series, and uh, we're moving on with a different one in this next week. But um, we talked about Acts chapter fifteen, and mm-hmm. a group of people who are up in the church in Antioch, or uh, there is a, a Jew, mostly Jewish Christians church in Antioch who are seeing a flood of Gentile believers come in. They're like, I mean. I, I, my guess would be similar to you. Like, I don't even know exactly what it is that I'm signing up for. And then you've got these these messengers coming up from the Jerusalem church saying, um, hey, Paul, what Paul told you is great, but it's not the full story. I mean, did you read yourself? Did you read yourself in any of that story? Did what, you find yourself? 100%. I'm going to see my notes. I circled that because I, I have a ton starting point. But um, the Acts 15, 19, where like, don't make it hard for them yeah. to follow me. Um, all of it. It rang so true. And it. I think it was what I saw when I was a high schooler, like the the kids wearing the what would Jesus do bracelets. You know, they always had a, to tell me something mm-hmm. that I should be doing or tell me whatever, um, but rarely were they doing the same thing or it just wasn't kind or loving the way it often came off. I shouldn't say all, but it, that it often came off. And um, so, yeah, I, I do. I resonate a lot with that. And even, like I said, some of those early leaders – in in young life that just didn't understand why I was there, right? Um, that's the piece that I'm that I'm uh, like I felt like when you were talking I was like oh man mm-hmm. that's so related relatable to kind of the situation that was taking place up in Antioch at this time mm-hmm. of we think it's cool that you're interested but you're just you're not on the same level with us right and when I talked about it yesterday I mentioned uh, in like just before we pressed record on here, one of the things I definitely wanted to make mention is I I, I, I want to make sure I didn't 
develop sort of a straw man argument or an ad hominem attack on those messengers. They called themselves, or they were identified in the text as the circumcised believers from Jerusalem who came up and said, we, we think it's cool that you're in, but or you want to be in, but Paul hasn't told you the whole story. I made it sound like perhaps they had gone through so much that they didn't want to allow people to come in behind them who hadn't sacrificed to the level that they did, which I think can be true. It might be true. I know it's true in just in life. Anytime you get into somewhere exclusive and you're a part of some exclusive club, you want to maintain that exclusivity so that it means something to you. If you got in by, you know, by sacrifice and then everybody else can get in, if everybody else can buy a 26.2 sticker for the back of their Subaru (laughs) and they don't actually have to run the marathon, then that kind of devalues the sticker, right? Right. So, but I also think as I kind of went home and walked away from Sunday, and honestly, I was thinking about what am I going to talk about on the podcast, I thought, I wonder for them if they if they did it not out of a genuine, not out of a, um, we want to be exclusive, and it's like pro-benefit, but what if they genuinely felt like Paul hasn't told you enough, and we genuinely don't want you to miss it, right? Because I there's probably some of that in there for them or some of them, maybe some of them operate in that way. Like, Oh, Paul's really great, but he genuinely, like he, uh, I don't know. I I don't want you to, if there, if there's paperwork necessary for your application for citizenship in the U S I don't want you to drive all the way to Seattle to the embassy and not have the right paperwork. Let me talk to you about what you actually need to get that right. I'm, I'm, drawing a different analogy there, but I don't want you to waste all that time and energy and and not be fully prepared for this. So perhaps that was genuinely going on in that scenario. So anyways, if you were listening to that or rewatch the podcast and be like, I don't know, Brent, I think that you kind of painted them in a bad light. I potentially agree, uh, but I also can see how it could go both ways. So I think it works, but anyways, that was one additional thing. Well, knowing the complexity of the human animal, it probably had a mix of all of that, like coming from a really genuine place. Like we know these scriptures, we know what Moses's law is. We've never had somebody come tell us it doesn't, it doesn't matter exist anymore. So we're trying to learn this too. And that's where the beauty of Christ's grace is. It's grace for all of us, all of those of us who know, and I'm doing air quotes and those of us like me who I'm just showing up, I'm here to learn. Like I I'm intrigued. I'm, I'm seeing the irresistibleness of this. Um, but I, I need to know more. So I would imagine that every industry has a little bit of this failure to let go of the knowledge that we grew up with. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm thinking about it through the lens of your parents and a wine industry where for centuries there have been practices for winemaking, right? Like mm-hmm. we're going to do it this way with this method, using these barrels, using this thing. And the wine advancement, the wine, I mean, like the ability, like we know like there's the St. Michelle uh, thing here in the Tri-Cities. That's like a, the school that you get, like the basically master's level people from all over travel yes. to this and, and learn. And there are things being taught. There are new advances in the uh, industry or how the process works that uh, for some validate age centuries old practices and probably for some go, that doesn't really affect the wine, we should do it this way. Like for instance, like the, I'll just bring it up because it's uh, something small that I know. But like, um, I always felt like uh, screw top wine was like, that's the cheap stuff. Mm -hmm. Like you have to have a cork in it and it has to be a legit cork. And I know that, I, I so you talk to me because I, I, I can't remember if it was you or somebody else that goes, ah, actually the screw top's pretty good. Yeah, no, it, it, 
it was me, um, and it probably could have been somebody else too. Yeah. But yeah, the Stelvin closure, if you want to be fancy about yeah, it, is instead of a cork, uh, it especially with white wines or wines that are meant to be consumed within a few years, yeah, it's um, it makes much more sense because natural cork, number one, it comes from a tree, so it's a renewable resource that uh, that we need to rely on Mother Earth for, and it can come with bugs and not bugs that are going to kill you or hurt you. But I've been with you a couple of times where I'm like, hey, this one's corked. Yeah. Do you, do you smell that? You did that <laughs> for Mar- uh, uh, Margot's yeah, farewell party. Yeah, it was at Margot's party. Yeah. <laughs> and I was sniffing it going, that uh, seems drinkable to me. <laughs> <laughs> I have really low standards, though, just so you know. But that, you know, that was a whole bottle of wine that yeah. could have been saved had it had a Stelvin closure. So I think it's, yeah, that's one of those things that it just changing the way we see tradition changing the but way. But wouldn't you say that there are some, and I'm not going to call them snobs, but I, I guess I could, oh, who would say, sure. I will, that's not acceptable. I will my not da- have that in my, my cellar. My dad's one of them. And I've right. worked really hard. Well, not super hard, but I've mentioned like, hey, we have some wines that we should be putting in screw tops. Like if you're a bartender and you're at a busy restaurant, I want my wines by the glass in a restaurant. I want them at Anthony's. I want them all yeah. over the Tri-Cities. Yeah. Um, if you're a busy bartender, you don't have time to be messing with corks. You right. want to twist that thing off and pour. Totally. And there are a lot of lists, especially in bigger cities that have tons of traffic that they, for their glass pour list, they only will do screw tops. Yeah. So, you know. It, yeah. It, it, like you were saying, generationally, like there's so much knowledge that we do need to keep, but there are new things that come to where we, maybe the younger voices can say, hey, let's add this. Yeah. Or let's, we're not trying to just change everything. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. I just think that that kind of thing super applies in uh, in a scenario like this. And, but even... But even to a greater extent here, because the church is trying to figure out that you can't mix and match, that that um, you can't be like, well, mostly Jesus, but a little bit of Moses is, is still fine. It's a movement away from that, and it changes everything. And I, I thought the series was important because um, uh, we get people who, you know, are trying, are, are in early steps of, of their faith, and they want, they ask, they come and they ask for a Bible, and I always oblige and give them. We have a stack of them in our closet downstairs. We're like, we want to give this to you, but I always just want to be like, just here's how to start and here's why. And I, it's, you know, you're going to read some of this and it's not going to make any sense. Like, especially this, and it's important to understand the difference between old covenant literature and new covenant literature. And, uh, they know they've grown up in a, enough around America. They're not coming at it with no background. Right. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. They know that the Bible is important. They know that people quote it all the time and are angry that the Ten Commandments aren't in courthouses across America. And you're like, I mean, that's like old. Like it doesn't. It's not relevant, man. You know. So that's that's right. a big that's a big deal. So oh. I lost it. It's okay. <laughs> well, you got a full oh, sheet of notes. Oh, go ahead. what I was going to say, yeah. that as being a parent who, so my husband grew up in the Catholic faith yeah. um, and being a parent who I don't have Sunday school background and I hear story after story of story of friends and people who have left the church because of the thing they were taught or the thing that happened when they were young, I feel fiercely protected over my, what I allow to be introduced to my children because I don't want, I want them to start at chapter one, not at chapter three. If you, you know, the Genesis, um, where God made them perfectly and, and God is part of them and not jumping straight to you are bad. You are a sinner. You are da, 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 especially being a woman being, I get to raise two girls. Um, and I, I take that very seriously. And so it's really neat to get to come to Eastlake where, um, I feel like 
it's te- you're teaching me to help empower them too. Yeah. Uh, one of my favorite stories uh, that we have that we that I've heard from your family is your first time you and your husband came to East Lake. Yeah. And he came from a Catholic background. Yep. And I said something. It was around Christmas time. It was. You guys were we were still at um, Southridge. Southridge. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I said something about Mary and spoke very like like teenager kind of imposed modern day teenager thought onto kind of her experience as a mom. Cause she was a teenager when she yep, that, had that experience. And you, you painted the nativity scene. You had a card and you said, isn't this so pretty? Like everyone's just nice and clean. And yes. then you proceeded to tell us about like, this is actually what birth looks like. And this is probably actually what was going on. They were For in a barn sure. and it probably didn't smell great. No, it was a barn and there were feed troughs <laughs> and the, yeah, it wasn't like the clean, uh, cleaned up non placenta grossness right. everywhere else. And it was like, <laughs> dude, I have a picture of the nativity scene in my mind. Yeah, I'm sure that that's what he's thinking. And mm-hmm. I remember you saying he got in the car and he's like, we're never going back there again. White knuckles. No <laughs> White joke. Knuckles like, on the drive I home. was waiting for him to say something. Yeah. And just kind of looking at him, nothing. Straight looking. <laughs> so look angry. At me. And I Wants was just to like, what do you think? He's lot. like, we're not going back there. <laughs> yeah. Like, okay, well, we're still going to find the church because we were newly. Newly engaged, dating. I don't remember what stage we were at, but we were at a stage where we were together and we needed... Oh, you weren't married at the time? No. Oh, and okay, And we knew we needed to start finding a place, Yeah. whether it was going to be a home church. Again, these were language that I didn't have yeah. as, a, as a Christian. And so, and, and we knew that Catholicism probably wasn't where I was going to jump straight to. Yeah. Like, that's what we were doing for the Easter and Christmas was was that. And, um, so anyway, yeah, that, that's one of my favorite I, I, stories. But another of example too. of, I've got this like perception of how this looks right. and when you challenge it, I like immediately, no, we no, don't, no, no, We no, don't no, talk no. about it like that. Right. We don't talk we don't about do it that. like that. Yeah. But, and, and again, then for me, it's so important to make it real because that's what makes it applicable to me. Yeah. But I, I understand everybody. He's come around since then. He sure has. Yeah. <laughs> Good deal. Uh, all right. So we just finished this year. Anything else? I, I see you got a full page of notes. I don't want to move past it if you got something else that's like super jumping out at you, but I definitely can move on to... No, I'm just going to get sappy for just a second. And I just want to, again, say thank you to you and Kylie for planting a church like this for unchurched people like me and people who who see the the barricades that other churches put up, and I have no interest in trying to um, bat them down. And so thank you for making the entry easy and introducing us to Jesus every every week. 100%. We just uh, we actually just got back from a board retreat, leadership retreat, where me and my wife and uh, we have four other board members, um, Amy, Aubrey, John, and Jim, and their spouses got a way to be able to dream up kind of the next season. Because we're, I mean, it's ever-changing for us, too. We're the, in a weird staff spot where we just had the staff transition, and mm-hmm. we don't have any plans at this point to move in forward in any of those directions. So we're like, how do we do this more effectively? How do we continue to create? And it it was just refreshing for us, Kylie and I, to get around uh, like-minded people. We're not, we're not up at the border street trying to convince them this is important. We should definitely do this, right? It's the train is already moving. It's out of the depot. Like that's, that's what we're doing. Now we just have to worry about how does this play out? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and what does it continually change to look like to meet the needs of our community? And not just the Tri-Cities, but like East, like the people who show up at East Lake on a weekly basis. And so I think we've got some good ideas and some plans. And uh, I'm excited about uh, some stuff moving forward that is going to be rolled out here in the spring. Yeah. So, and I also, sorry, I would yeah. be remiss to say that 
um, thank you for Margot as well. Yeah. Thank you for the two years that you um, brought her here and her friendship meant so much to me. And I know so many other people um, in the church and just her words and her female perspective. She is an amazing human being. And I'm yeah. so thankful that she was here. Me too. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Um, so we started a brand new series this next Sunday called Befriend. Um, which is going to be kind of a series on belonging, and uh, I think it's going to be exciting. And I'm trying my best to get Kyla to be a part of one of these messages <gasps> in November. So, uh, love when Kyla's. I'm not going to. I'm not going to tell you when because I just wanted to be a surprise that morning, so that uh, you know you don't. Everybody doesn't show up on that Sunday <laughs> and then not the week after. So yeah, <laughs> you got to work around that. But uh, this is the part of the episode where we typically shift our thinking towards things that we have found interesting, uh, not just with the message, but just in general life, something that we found, that we've read uh, or watched or are looking forward to. So uh, do you want to go first? I will. Yes. So I am a fan of the podcast and occasionally they recommend things. And about a year later as well, huge fans, about a year later, I'll listen to it. Podcast with uh, Knox and Jamie, because I think there's a couple of them out there. I think you're right. So you got to do podcast with Knox Knox and Jamie. And And it's sunglasses. sunglasses, It's neon. Um, I don't always jump on their green lights right away, but she, Jamie greenlit it about a year ago. It's a podcast called Dirty John. It's a eight part podcast. So it's not like a, you listen to it forever. And it's a um, story. I think the LA times put it together. Wondery produced it about, oh my gosh, I can't even tell you because it'll mess it up, but it, it's just delightful. <laughs> well, I'll tell you, it's a, it's about a relationship. <laughs> there you go. Thank I, you. Because I watched the trailer because it's a new Bravo show that's coming it's out. It's going to be a mini series, yeah. Uh, and it's got the the mom from Friday Night Lights. Can't remember her name right now. Connie Britton. There you go. Uh, and Eric Abana. Mm-hmm. Um, and so both of those I'm on board for. Um, and they are in a relationship, and he has a dark side and that she doesn't see. And he has not told see. her the yes. whole truth. And it's based on like a real life story, is a, what they say. A real, real life story. A real thing that happened. So I think it was like a crime drama, basically, like podcast thing. And now Bravo saw it and said, well, let's do a, a limited TV series. Yeah. Which is, by the way, the way to start going, man. These limited TV series for like a specific topic is is brilliant like we should have been doing these forever ago right because you get Um, good talent to do it because connie Britton's not going to sign up for four years of something exactly um the story is interesting while it's short yes you know and and you know that there's an end so i can fight through this even if it's like oh i don't really like these first two episodes but the story i get it it's setting up it's doing this right it's like this never ending when a season ends you're like how is there going to be a season two of this i don't understand where they're going to go with this i'd rather I'd rather know that there's an end and I can just watch it and then have opinions on it. So right. I'm so all about with Dirty John, the way that the the reporter found to even do a story on it is it was in a small city outside of um, Orange County and there's never a murder there. There's maybe like a murder every couple like three a year or something like that. And they were looking and there was a stabbing. He's like, that's weird. Like, why was there a stabbing in this small little city? And so he dug in and figured out um got a hold of the woman and and went from there. So it is a true crime podcast. If you have any sort of triggers with um, stalking or I would probably recommend reading about it's a, it's it before a red light. you sure. Yeah. yeah. But, or maybe so you didn't give yourself. the story away but with the stabbing. So, no, cause, cause that's the very first thing that you learn yeah. in the, in the, just want to make sure Connie Britton's episode. not out after the first episode. So I don't know. You'll have to listen. Oh man. See. But it is, it's Here's one of those, problem. Bravo I listen Network. to it in like, like I don't have, we don't have Bravo. I mean, hopefully this comes out on Hulu or something because 
Well, we don't have cable. And oh. No, no Bravo. So hopefully. Might be coming over to the Jackson's I was going to say, we'll have a Dirty John party at our house. <laughs> <laughs> uh okay my my something interesting I, I came across this in the news the other day and and you may have already uh you know heard this or whatever i just think it's so funny so uh, 50 cent the, the rapper right mm-hmm. um says it's your birthday yep right? exactly that's the one he bought 200 front row tickets to a jaw rule concert just so that they would be empty <laughs> Keep in mind, 50 Cent was the guy who's been shot seven times, and perhaps it's things like this that kind of reveal why that (laughs) happens. Can you imagine? 200 front row seats. It cost him $3,000, is what he says, which is interesting. It's not that much for front row seats. it's actually not. Which might say more. That might be the more debilitating message. Wasn't Ja Rule like... 60? Like, <laughs> <laughs> He's coming out in his geriatric wheelchair to do this gracious. concert. Uh, yeah, the concert starts at 5, done by 7, so you can get home in time <laughs> for Jeopardy. Uh, but yeah, I think not only just buying the tickets, but also including the information that 200 front row tickets only cost you $3,000 might be more hurtful. Yeah. Both of them are, are kind of like, wow. <laughs> Interesting moves. Interesting. I guess no pre- bad press is press or whatever. What's the saying? Yeah. No yeah. press is bad press. Yeah, something oh, like that. I guess. I don't know. I just we're talking about it. Yeah. But <laughs> probably not in a positive way for Ja Rule. No. I don't even I can't even think of a, a song off the top of my head that's in the last um, decade. It's all it's like deep. Oh yeah, God. yeah, I know. Um, <laughs> the car movies. The car movies had Fast a, and Furious? Yeah, the yeah, car probably. movies had a lot of him. All right. Well, there you go. So <laughs> All right, that'll do it for this week's episode of Say Something Interesting. Thanks so much for being with us today. Uh, Not only you as the listener, but also Elise across the table from me. We're glad that you tuned in, and uh, hopefully you can keep up with us as we start a brand new series for the month of November. And uh, have a great Halloween, everybody. Um, Make sure you uh, keep those kids away from that nut candy if that's uh, that's (laughs) a thing, or don't don't stop at the Uptown or whatever you need to do to make that happen. Um, You can find me on the socials at Brent Johnson, J-O-H-N-S-E-N. At least you want to give out your info? Yeah, it's just Jackson. I was going to say Griffin. Jackson. Good. Awesome. (laughs) Thanks for having me. Find and follow her there and uh, have a great week. We'll see you next week for another episode of Say Something Interesting. See you. Bye, guys.